Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mindful Manager Podcast. My name is Art Burns. I'm your host, and I'm really, I, I you know, I know I say it every day, but it, I really do mean it that I am excited to be here with you and excited to be doing these uh, podcasts every day. Uh, I'm getting a real kick out of it, and uh, and I just hope that you all are getting some good uh, value out of out of the stuff that I'm talking about. So uh, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to once again give you all my email address and all that kind of stuff, and uh, I would love to hear from some people and just let me know how, you know, how this stuff is working out for you. If you're, you know, able to, you know, gain some value, if you're putting any of it into, you know, into practice at all or, or what you're all doing with this information that I'm, uh, I'm giving you. So, uh, but anyway, no pressure, just saying it would, it would be wonderful to know. Um, so today I'm going to talk today about, uh, about the sort of the process of examining our thoughts. Okay. Um, and specifically the way that our, 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 minds tend to uh, tend to tell stories about the thoughts that we come up with and and also how you know one-sided and and quite often untrue our thoughts can be so um, you know so there's one place that we can bring our awareness you know this non-judging awareness but but we really do especially not on an automatic or instinctual instinctual level is is to our thoughts okay um, you know in fact when people first get into meditation and and you know as someone who teaches meditation, I see it all the time that, you know, that when people first get into meditation, uh, one thing is common to most people is that they are amazed at how many thoughts they have. Okay. Um, you know, they, they don't start, you know, thinking more thoughts just because they meditate, right? That's definitely not what's going on. They just pay attention to the whole process in a way that they never had before. Um, and this is, is astounding to most people. Um, the, the Zen master, Thich Nhat Hanh, who I often quote, uh, because he's a genius, not because he teaches about Buddhism, because remember, I'm not a practicing Buddhist and I'm not teaching you Buddhism, but, uh, but just because the, the man is brilliant and, and has a brilliant way of getting his messages across. So, so he came up with a, uh, a, 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 a term for this process of, of seeing you know, all of your thoughts in, in this torrent you know, all of a sudden. Because again, for most people, when they first sit down and try to meditate, Meditate, that's when they realize how busy their minds are creating thoughts. And so what Thich Nhat Hanh calls this, he's, he, you know, poetically and beautifully calls it seeing the waterfall. And this is so apropos because, you know, just like a waterfall, you know, these, you know, the, the thoughts that we have, all 60 to 70,000 of them per day, you know, often feel like one big mass of something, right? And, and again, this is before we meditate, especially. Like we just kind of, you know, it's just always there, these thoughts and we don't like examine them. And, and, but just like a waterfall is made up of millions or even billions of tiny drops of water, right? Our waterfall of thoughts is made up of many individual thoughts, right? It's never just one huge torrent of thoughts, right? And, uh, and so again, this is something that, that, um, that most people don't ever take a look at until they start to, you know, until they, they finally sit down and, and stop the process and really just watch it happen. And in fact, this is one of the biggest challenges for people who are, who are meditating, which I don't know if any of you have used, uh, the meditation of, uh, count, you know, counting your breath or just mindfulness of your breath that I talked about last week. Um, but, but one of the biggest challenges that people have when they first get into meditation is that they feel like they can't do it because they have 
have so many thoughts. And that's, and that's the thing, you know, um, that, that it's just, it becomes like a waterfall. It's really like the perfect example, the perfect illustration of, of how it feels and how it looks inside. Um, now in the end of this episode, I'm going to give you some really cool exercises to, to help you see these thoughts for what they are. Um, so one of the things that, that makes it difficult to deal with a mind that, that creates 60,000 or more thoughts a day is, is how one-sided and often judgmental and critical these thoughts can be. Okay. But, but even more than that, you know, the trouble is that our mind is really, really good at creating stories out of these thoughts. Okay. And I mean, really, really good. (laughs) Now, one of the best storytellers who I know, uh, Jack Cornfield, who is a former Buddhist monk and turned, um, he's now a psychologist and he runs a, uh, a retreat center in uh, Northern California. And he has a great example about how, uh, how our minds can create stories. So, so he had a woman at one of his retreats and, and his, the retreat center is up in the Redwood forest, um, you know, in Northern California. Right. And, uh, and this woman who was on, on his retreat, you know, she woke up in the middle of the night as she heard a growling sound. Now, of course she went to bed, uh, you know, knowing that, that deep in the redwood woods where she was, uh, bears were very common, right? So, so within like nanoseconds, she leaped out of bed, grabbed a flashlight with a shaking hand and pointed it at the door, you know, uh, you know, picturing nothing but an enormous beast, you know, waiting out there in the darkness, ready to devour her, you know? Now I can only imagine, um, (laughs) how she would be, you know, just picturing this, this carnage and, and, and picturing her the last moments of her life, you know, it was only a few seconds that she stood there frozen in fear, like absolutely for the only thing moving was the shaking of her hand as she held the, the flashlight, you know? Um, and, and after just a couple of seconds of this, where this, you know, she could picture herself being torn apart by this bear, you know, finally, you know, just suddenly her, her stomach growled again. <laughs> the same growl that she was certain was this, you know, grizzly bear that would rip her limb from limb. And just like that, she laughed at herself, realizing that it was beans and not a bear that had woken her up, you know? And, um, and you know, again, this is, and you know, now, of course, this is a very extreme example. But one of the things that I like to point out is that, is that once she realized that it wasn't a bear, that was actually the growl was coming from inside her own stomach, you know, the, the thoughts and the, and the, the fear and the, and the, the whole construct that she had made disappeared even faster than, than she was able to construct it. Right. And so, so what does that tell you about all these thoughts and and these stories and these pictures that we can uh, come up with in these various situations in our lives, right? If they disappear that quickly, you know, how real can they be? Right. And that's kind of the point of what we're talking about here. Um, so now it's, it's, you know, listen, again, this is an extreme example that I'm telling you, right. And it's totally understandable for a woman in bear country to assume that a growling sound might be such an animal, you know, right outside her cabin door, right? Like that is, there's nothing unreasonable about that. Right. But, but let me ask you this, how many times are you, you know, lost in thought and find your 
yourself constructing a similar story, you know, um, you know, I know I have, I've lived this way, you know, like, like a, a certain feeling in my body or, or a little spot on my skin. And the next thing you know, I'm picturing myself, you know, making videos for my children to, to watch after I'm gone. Right. I mean, you know, or, or maybe even like I told you uh, a few episodes again, you know, one of my triggers when I was in the corporate world was, uh, was getting an email from the finance department. You know, I always, that was always a, a triggering thing for me, you know, because I, I thought that I was, you know, just screwed. Right. And, and so I would get this email from, a uh, from the finance department and before even opening the the darn thing, I would, you know, be able to put together a string of events in my mind that had me, you know, living in a a refrigerator box on the street within like six months, you know? (laughs) Now, again, that's another extreme example, but, but, um, but, but it's not, it's not untrue, right? I mean, this is actually what would happen to me. And, and I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure you have your, you know, your own, um, (laughs) version of these things, but, but, but the thing is though, that like, even though these are the extreme ones, you know, you know, and, and the fact that they are true, what about stories that our minds create that are less dramatic, right? Like when we tell ourselves, you know, for instance, exactly how a given circumstance will, will unfold before it does, right? Um, you know, or, or, you know, when we, when we are absolutely positively sure how someone else is thinking about a given thing or, or what somebody thinks of us in a given situation or, or um, you know, the, the outcome of a meeting before we even get started with the meeting. You know, I mean, there's, there's so many of these little stories that we tell all the time. It doesn't have to be about, you know, dying of a disease that you've never heard of or, or you know, somehow creating a financial ruin within the span of a few months because of a, a missed expense report, you know, or something really silly like that. You know, it, it can be very subtle things and, and it can be, you know, and the subtle things are what happens, you know, day after day after day, you know, throughout our day. It's not even like one story that takes the whole day. It can be hundreds of little stories even within a given day. And so, so, um, you know, I would be, uh, I would be just, just ecstatic to hear some examples from some of you folks out there, you know, and, um, and again, I'm going to give you my email address. I'll throw it right here so you can write it down, uh, art at artburnscoaching.com. And, uh, you know, I would love to hear the stories that you come up with. I mean, there, you know, I won't share them with anybody unless you want me to, uh, but if you want me to, I'll read them right here and, and, and let everybody laugh at them because laughing at these things is, is very healthy too, because, you know, you know, when you're judging yourself and critical of yourself for, for having these thoughts, like I am when, you know, when I'll, I'll see a little spot on my skin and assume that, you know, this is the beginning of the end and I have, you know, maybe a few months to live, you know, um, and I got to get my bucket list out and really try to, to make some progress. You know, it's funny, you know, if, if we can laugh at it, but if we don't laugh at it, if we judge ourselves for it and think like, oh my gosh, I'm really this kind of bad person and, and this is just something I can't stop doing. Well, then, then it takes on a whole different, you know, a whole different flavor and a whole different light. And, and this is where things can really become uh, tricky for us because, you know, the more we, we criticize these things, the more apt we are to believe them. And, and in that process, then it becomes almost like a self-fulfilling kind of thing. Right. And so, uh, but we'll, we'll get back to that in a second. But the, the point is that, that all these stories I've gone through have, have one thing in common. Okay, and that that is that they are not true. Right. But but how often, you know, during the seconds it takes to construct these stories, do do we realize how untrue they are? The, the, the point is that we hardly ever do. 
right? Like I told you the other day, like when we have thoughts, we assume that they're true. Like that's what we do, you know, because it's, it's again, it's like the, you know, the, the whole thing about the, you know, spheres of understanding, right? Like, like we often don't know what we don't know about a given thing. So therefore we assume that the things that we know and the things that we know we don't know are all there is to, to know, to, to be concerned about, right? But, but when we can you know, get out of that and realize that there's also this vast amount of things that we don't know we don't know about a given thing, that's when we can start understanding that, well, maybe our thoughts are not so infallibly true as we you know, suspect that they might be. Um, and so, you know, and so even more than that, right, how many of the thoughts and stories uh, are you telling, um, you know, that, that are judging and critical of you, right? And, uh, and as they do this, right, as, as your thoughts criticize and judge you, you know, do you notice how much they limit you? Right. And um, and this is these are very, very important questions, because the answer to most of the most people, the answer would be no, 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 no. I never examine this. I never think about this. I never realize that, you know, most of my thoughts might be untrue. And I never realize how much they're limiting me and how much they're criticizing me. So so one uh, one really fun exercise I I get my clients to do is uh, is to imagine that instead of those thoughts coming from inside your head. Right. Imagine that, that. That instead, someone is following right behind you, right, all day long, standing right behind you and whispering these thoughts into your ear, right? You know, first, you would be surprised that this person can talk so much. You know, that would be the first, you know, like, gosh, where do they get the energy to do all this talking, right? Uh, then you would probably be kind of disappointed, curiously disappointed, perhaps, um, that they just keep repeating the same thoughts over and over and over again. Like, they just keep saying the same thing over and over and over again, right? Then you would probably move to some level of hurt that that there's so much criticism involved, you know, and, and limiting language, you know, this is like, wow, you're being harsh on me, man, you know? Um, and then you would move to, uh, you know, the, you know, probably getting some level of anger, right? That, that the person just wouldn't stop talking, like it would start to get annoying to you, right? And then finally, you would likely to just shake your head and tell yourself that this person is, is just plumbing out of their minds and then they should seek professional help, you know, and, um, and this is, you know, this is what our thoughts do all day long, every day. Right. And so and so this is the whole point of what we're talking about here today is the ability to to understand that this is happening. Right. Because when we can understand that this is actually what's happening, then we can chuckle at it. We can laugh about it. We can look at it as something that's okay. You know, this is just something that that my mind is doing, but I don't have to believe it and I don't have to engage with it and I don't have to get stuck in it. Okay, Um, you know, now, remember, our brains are associative machines, okay? They, they, they only operate by associating experiences with other experiences, okay? And they, and they have one singular hyper-focused goal, which is to keep us safe. Okay, so if we let them, right, our brains will push our minds to to these thoughts and these stories of limitation and judgment, uh, because limiting us, you know, to whatever we've done in the past has proven to do the job, right? It's proven to keep us alive. And that's the only thing your brain is worried about. 
Okay, your brain is not worried about your happiness. Your brain is not worried about your fulfillment. Your brain is not worried about any of these things. Your brain is worried about keeping you alive. Okay, and so, um, so you know, just like the the fear resp- response that we have in our automatic brain, you know, if we allow this process of our mind to continue unchecked, it will do the same thing over and over and over and over and keep us from from reaching out of this place. Which, which is where our goals and our potentials and our, and our true satisfaction in life might be laying, waiting for us, okay? And that's the whole point of what we're talking about here today is that, is that if we're not bringing awareness to this process of our thoughts and we're not you know, examining them in, in, in a non-judging honesty, then in all likelihood, they are going to keep us trapped in the same patterns that we've had for our whole lives because for one reason uh, and one reason only is that it's worked right and so but that's not you know i mean you could say that about you know uh leaving your house right like like if you never leave your house you won't get in trouble with anything right like you'll you'll be able to just be safe right and so but but what kind of life is that right you you're stuck in your house all the time right and so obviously that's a, a very extreme example again but uh it's all i could come up with right on the spot right here but um but but this is the same thing that we're talking about right like your brain is trying to get you to stay in your house all all day right just get you to do the same things over and over and over again, think the same thoughts over and over and over again, feel, you know, uh, experience the same emotions over and over and over again, and feel the same feelings over and over and over and over again, because in that loop, your brain knows safety. Okay. And, um, you know, you know, now remember, um, (laughs) you know, again, this, this loop that happens, right. In the very end of that loop, the, the, the feeling part, that's what motivates our actions. Right. Like, and I talked about this the other day, like, like there's, there's nothing else that, that motivates you aside from feelings that are generated from emotions, which begin as a thought. Right. And so, you know, again, like, like you, you feel hungry, you walk to the refrigerator to get something to eat, you know, you feel, um, you know, bored, like you have the feeling in your body of boredom. It makes you flick on Facebook or, or whatever. Right. Or, or you feel like you're apprehensive about a, a given thing that you're supposed to be doing right now, like maybe a, an expense report for your finance department who keeps emailing you every day. And, and yet you, you know, you're so afraid of doing it. And it's so uncomfortable that this feeling in your body makes you want to, you know, go have a, a, a cup of coffee and a cigarette downstairs with, with all the other people that don't do their expense reports as well, you know? Um, and again, this is how the patterns, you know, of our lives, you know, take root and, and really become very hard to break, you know? Uh, because again, they, they become habit, you know, and, um, and so if we want to, you know, be free, uh, to, to take actions, right. That, that will, will get us to where we want to go in our careers or in our personal lives or, or whatever, you know, the best thing we can do is to gain a non judging awareness of these thoughts and the whole looping process of, of the thought, emotion, feeling, uh, loop. So we can see that they are, you know, not only are they limiting us and not only are they standing in the way of, of what we really want to accomplish in our lives, or, or not only are they keeping us in this place of discomfort, even though the, the discomfort is the one thing that we would love to get away from, you know, um, 
most often they're not even true. And so, and so this is the key, uh, to, uh, to, to developing this sense of awareness about them. Now, um, now practicing for, for like, you know, optimally we're talking about 10 to 20 minutes a day, uh, in meditation, the way I described last, last Wednesday, uh, is an ideal way to get this, uh, awareness to, to begin to, to expand. All right. Um, but now as promised, there are a couple of, uh, of exercises that I'm going to share with you, uh, which I, I work with my clients on, uh, to help, uh, with this process of seeing and examining our thoughts. So, um, you might want to grab a piece of paper and a pen right now because there's a lot of information here. Uh, you know, again, the, the other way to get this is to just email me and I could just, you know, we can start a conversation. I could email you this as a, as a text. It's easy enough for me to do that. Uh, but, but if you're just going to write it down, I suggest you, you get a pen and a piece of paper. And I'm thinking that I gave you enough time to do that now. So I'm just going to jump right in. This is, this is where doing a podcast without seeing people out there is, is a little challenging, but there, I just gave you a few more seconds. So I'm sure you're ready with your pen and paper. Um, and, and it's not like you couldn't have paused me for a second anyway. But anyway, <laughs> the first exercise uh, that I'm going to give you here is, is creating a top 10 list of your thoughts. All right. And I mean, this is, um, you know, this is, this is funny, uh, but, but it's really, really effective. Okay. So, so what I want you to do is spend about 10 minutes in a, in as quiet and focused place as you can get to. Okay. So, so don't do this while you're, you know, multitasking. Don't do this while you're eating your lunch. Don't do that. You know, try to take 10 minutes or so and, and really try to be present with with this process, okay? And just take out a sheet of paper and a pen and write down your 10 most common thoughts, okay? Um, now, you might be surprised, but, you know, like I said before, our thoughts tend to be very repetitious. And, and with an honest look at them, you should be able to make a list of, of the top 10 things, you know? Now, uh, now, once you've made the list, I want you to look at the list and see if there are any common threads you can find, okay? Uh, for instance, you might see that most of your thoughts are about money or about relationships or about how you think people think you look or, or, or maybe about your health or, or maybe about your finance department or whatever it is, okay? Uh, but, but you're very likely to see a pattern there. You're very likely to, to see a thread of commonality. And, uh, and now, ask yourself three important questions about this list, okay? Number one, what feelings are associated with these various thoughts? that you have every day, okay? Is there fear? Is it judgment uh, or criticism, you know, associated with some of them or all of them or, or most of them? You know, do some of them make you happy? Some of them make you not, you know, feel good? You know, go ahead and write these things down, okay? Just be, be present with what you're, you're doing here, okay? Then uh, number two is I want you to, to ask yourself, are these feelings accurate? Okay. Meaning, do they really describe how you feel or are we automatically associating these feelings with these thoughts? Okay. So for instance, if you, if you talk about your finance department, right? Like, like at any point during my corporate career, I could have taken a moment and said, you know, I'm always afraid every time I see my, the guy's, uh, you know, email address pop up from finance about, you know, an expense report, I always get this absolute seizing fear in my body. Like, I feel like I'm going to like, you know, like I'm going to get sick to my stomach. I'm so afraid of it, you know, but yet 
he never did anything to, you know, like, like he never threatened my job. He never, you know, really, you know, I, I could have at any point realized that all these feelings that I was having were based on this implicit, uh, you know, fear that I had that, that not only was, was implicit and automatic, but was not proven, was not evident. There was no evidence to show that, that I should be afraid of this. Now, again, that's a silly and very obvious and extreme example that I'm giving to you all. And it really wasn't that bad. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making a, you know, kind of joke about it. And I hope you appreciate that. But, but really the, you know, the point is though, that, that you, you know, you, you need to look at that because if you don't look at it, you're going to believe it all too much. All right. And, and in believing it again, it's a loop, right? So every time you believe it and you have another thought, it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger to the point where you do feel like it's like this arresting fear that you have, you know, of this, of this poor guy who's, who's actually very nice guy, you know, and actually probably wanted me to succeed in my career as much as I did, you know, but, but I had this sense that it was just doom and gloom, you know, and again, that's because it wasn't examined. All right. Now, the third thing that you're going to ask yourself about this list is, um, is when you examine the thoughts this way, do the feelings change? Okay, because that's the thing that I just described, right? Like as you can sit there and be present with it and examine it on this level, you know, do the feelings actually change? And if they do, that's wonderful, you know, because now you can see that the feelings really weren't very accurate. You know, they were all a construct of your mind, part of this storytelling mind that your that your your mind is really really good at, all right? Um so now that's the first exercise I want to give you. So the next exercise is uh, is about seeing how one-sided and subjective our thoughts can be, okay? So for this, again, try to get yourself in a place that is, uh, you know, quiet and, and focused and, and a place where you don't have a lot of distractions, where you can really spend like 10 or 15 minutes on this, you know, in, in a focused uh, state of awareness, okay? Uh, and choose... Choose one area of your life, okay, whether it's your work or personal life, you know, just just choose one thing that, that kind of holds difficulty for you. So now again, staying with this theme, for me, it would be my, my you know, my perception of the finance department, you know, would be a really great way for me to do this if I was still in that, uh, in that world. So, so now, um, you know, once you've identified what area of your life you want to examine with this, this uh, practice here, you know, bring to mind all the factors that are associated with this area of your life, okay? The thoughts, the people, the institution, the circumstance, okay? Again, going with, back to my example of the finance department, you know, the thoughts would be, you know, that, that I'm, I'm always going to get in trouble, like that I'm always behind, that I'm always, you know, messing up, these, these kind of thoughts, right? Um, the, the people would be, you know, the, the guy in the finance department who emails me all the time, you know, and then his boss and then my boss and, and all all that kind of stuff, right? Um, then the institution would be this agency that I worked with, which was, you know, I mean, I don't even know what the billings were of this agency, but I mean, you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. So, so really, you know, my, my $300 expense report 
probably wasn't the biggest deal for everybody in this organization, you know? And then, and then the circumstance, right? Like, like knowing that, you know, like it wasn't like I was sitting on my, on my, you know, with my feet up on my desk playing video games, you know, all day. I mean, I was running around, I was flying all over the world in my job. Like it was crazy, the life that I had, you know? And so, so do that process, like bring to, to, you know, mind all the different factors associated with this area of your life. Okay. The thoughts, the people, the institutions and the circumstance. Now, now comes the fun part, okay? As you hold these factors in your awareness, ask yourself the following questions about them, okay? And again, these are really important questions to ask. So number one, are they true? Number two, are they one-sided, okay? Or, or are you able to think in a counterpoint? Most of us are not. Most of us only think one-sided, right? Um, and then uh, the next question is, who made up the story about them, right? Like, like, how did you come to believe this thing that you're believing about the thoughts, the people, the institution, and the circumstance, right? And then finally ask yourself, you know, could the opposite be true? Okay. So for me, again, back to my, uh, finance guy, like, could it be true that this guy wasn't trying to get me in trouble that really all he wanted to do was get me paid back, you know, because this, this company that we both work for has bazillions of dollars and, and I shouldn't have to wait another two weeks for my expense report to be paid. Okay. Um, now, you know, this process, this practice works so well because what it does is it becomes, it becomes, it, it reframes it to the point where you're, you're, you know, almost like having a conversation with a trusted friend instead of an inside of your head sort of dialogue. Okay. Because if you're sitting there with a friend and you're discussing these things and, and, you know, and your friend is, is, you know, a good friend and going to be honest with you, your friend is going to point out some of these things to you that, that, well, you know, maybe it's not what you think. Maybe that's just your opinion. Maybe it's the opposite. What if this, what if that, right? So, so that's almost like what you're doing. You're almost pretending as though you're talking to a friend about your problems and imagining the things that your friend might say about the things that you're talking about. Okay. Um, and so now that you've, you've answered some of these questions for yourself, okay, the next part of this, um, the next part of this process and I know I'm bouncing around a little bit and I apologize for that, but, but the next part of this process is to ask yourself, how does it feel when you think about the thoughts, the circumstance, the institution and the people, you know, how does it feel? What, what feelings in your body are coming up? Um, and then finally, or, or almost finally, you know, uh, see if you can trust in, in not knowing the answers to some of the questions that you're asking about the thoughts, the people, the circumstance, the institution, okay? Uh, you know, and, and in that not knowing, can you treat yourself with a loving kindness in that process, right? Like, can you be easygoing on yourself as you, 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 you know, you question, you know, whether these, you know, these questions are true or not. And, and in not knowing the answer, because you won't know the answer really, right? Like it's impossible for you to put yourself in somebody's head unless you go and ask them. Right. But, but, you know, in this process of not knowing, are you able to be kind to yourself? Instead of being like, oh my gosh, you don't know, you better find out or, or putting some kind of pressure on yourself that way. Right. Um, and then finally, 
Um, you know, ask yourself, you know, how does this new point of view affect the feelings that you have about the situation? For instance, you know, again, thinking about my finance guy, like if I can examine these things, if I can start putting the counterpoint on some of these ideas that I have, what happens to my feelings in my body as I do that? Okay. Um, you know, most often you're going to find that the feelings change quite dramatically. All right. Uh, uh, for the better too. Now, um, more importantly, Importantly than that, though, is ask yourself if the complete opposite is true about this given situation, right? Like if everything that I think about this, you know, the, the people, the, the thoughts, the circumstance and the institution surrounding my, my relationship with the finance department, if all of these things were completely opposite, if everything that I thought was completely opposite to what was true, does the reality change at all? Now, that is a huge question because, and this is the whole point here, right? Because all these thoughts that we have that turn into things like depression and anxiety and, and all kinds of other issues that we can come up with, you know, um, they don't really affect reality, right? Like, like at the end of the day, there's still some guy sitting at a desk in the finance department just doing his job. Okay. And, and just realizing that is, is like worth its weight in gold, right? Because then you realize the futility of all of this, you know, mental process that you're putting yourself through. And not only the futility, but you start to realize how exhausting and, and how much time it's taking up for you. All right. Um, so, so go ahead and see if you can do those exercises and, um, and, and see how it feels. Now, now one thing I want to point out though, is that, is that these exercises, of course, will not change everything all at once. Okay. You know, just doing this one time is not going to completely alleviate any fear that you might have of your own finance department or whatever it is for you, you know, but, but the idea is that if you reflect upon your thoughts this way, okay, along with practicing, uh, focus, attention, open awareness, and kind intention, as we talk about here, uh, you're going to start seeing them much more clearly. Okay. And this is the key. When you can see them more clearly, you'll become much more skillful at not letting them take over your day. Okay. And again, if you can change your day, you can change your week. If you can change your week, you can change your month. If you can change your month, you can change your quarter. You can change your quarter. You can change your year. You can change your year. You can change your entire career. Okay. So, so there's, you know, like, like the saying goes, like the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but the second best time is right now. Okay. So, so I, I, you know, don't think of it as like too late to do any of this stuff. Don't think like, Oh, I'm already set in my ways already have my relationships with the finance department. It is what it is, all this kind of stuff. That is just, again, those are thoughts that are not true. Okay. And, 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 you know, and this is how like, you know, oniony layered it can get where, you know, the thoughts about the thoughts about the thoughts about the thoughts and they're all untrue. Okay. And, and so, so by, by doing these exercises, you know, you're just taking that first step. Okay. And, and if you take that first step, you know, another old saying is that a thousand mile journey begins with one step. You know, and it's the same as a, as a 10 foot journey to the refrigerator, right? Either journey requires one step. 
Okay. And so, and so I want you to be open to that and to really, you know, you know, at least this is what I tell my clients. I mean, I don't know what your situation is. And and if you email me or we get in touch with each other, I can certainly give you a much clearer, uh, examples of your career and how this stuff works. Um, but, but really the idea is to be open to the fact that this is a process. And as soon as you take that first step, you're on your way to, to, to relieving a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, different difficult emotions and difficult feelings that you might go through every day. But more importantly, you're on your way to, to, you know, to, to getting outside that sort of comfort zone or discomfort zone, if you will, and, and really achieving the goals and the, and the potentials that you have in your life. All right. Uh, so, you know, once again, I thank you so much for, for joining me here and spending this time with me. Uh, tomorrow is Practice Wednesday, and I'm going to cover the practice of loving kindness, and you're not going to want to miss this, okay? Because, you know, the kind intention part of this is really, really important. And then the following Wednesday, we're going to go over a great uh, way to practice open awareness. And then those are the three practices you need. If you can do all three of those practices uh, with any kind of regularity, you are going to be on your way to, to a alleviating a lot of issues that you might be experiencing around this, you know, stress and burnout and, and, and other things that are, that are getting in your way of, of really being happy and really being optimized for whatever you're doing for a living. All right. Um, so once again, um, you know, if you want to reach me, you can, uh, email me at art at artburnscoaching.com or, uh, even better, you can go on my website and you can, uh, click right on the front page. There's a, a link you can click to get into my calendar and book yourself a 30-minute call with me. There's no strings attached. It doesn't cost anything. I promise I will not use even a second of that time to try to sell you into a program. Okay, it's not what this is about. I truly am trying to do this to help people, all right? And so, um, you know, the rest of it will take care of itself, you know, uh, as far as, you know, people, you know, wanting to work with me. That That's your decision. I'm not going to try to push it, okay? So I just want to let you know that uh, because I really, I would love to hear from some of you. I really would, you know. Um, I can see that there's some people listening to this every day and I would love to know some of you and to hear uh you know what what your you know what your stories are you know what is what is that finance department for you and I would love to know that all right so again folks thank you thank you thank you so much for spending some time with me here and uh and and I always like to close with the the true and sincere uh expression that I wish you well all right folks have a great day and I'll talk to you soon so long